Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell, that is Kurt Souter. And we do this little thing called Solid Steps Radio. If you are hearing it on the radio as you're in the car driving or in the house and you've just found us, hi, how are you? Uh, We'd love for you to be a regular listener. We are a show for men by men, and uh, we talk about things from a man's perspective. We talk about being a husband, being a father, being a worker, being a employer, a leader, all of those things, a servant, all of those things from a guy's perspective. We know a lot of ladies listen. We thank you, uh, anyone who is listening to our show. And um, we talk about all different aspects of life and in different formats. And we're doing a format that we're, we're starting uh, a five-week series. We have not done this, but a couple times in, the, in a couple years, we do a series. And we're going to go through a, a book uh, called Shepherding a Child's Heart. And uh, that is a book that we're going to cover in a bigger picture. Uh, I'm not going to go through it line by line, but just talk big picture over the next five weeks. And so uh, we're going to be covering that. So if you're just tuning in and you want to hear this in the future, you can go to Facebook or iTunes and just type in Solid Steps Radio and you'll be able to hear that in a podcast anytime you want. We put those up on Mondays after it airs over the weekend. So um, why are we doing this book? Well, here's the deal. We got three men in the room right now. (laughs) And we all need help. (laughs) And I, I have kids in diapers. Kurt has kids in college, and our guest has grandkids. And so it's it's we, we cover all of the spectrum here. And so uh, if you're like me, I, I have got my oldest just turned 11, okay? And um, I've got some kids in my house that I have to say, don't touch that stove for obvious reasons. I don't have to have my two-year-old understand the spiritual implications of touching a stove. I need him to not touch the stove because I want to protect him. But now I've got an 11-year-old and he, I told him this the other day in, in a sort of a, not an anger, but in a in a moment of a speaking, more of a speech to him, this came out. A sermon? I don't want to say sermon, but it was really close, okay? I said to him, son, you are closer to being a man now than you are being a child. And that scared me to the dickens, right? Because he is 11, headed towards teens, towards manhood, and talking to him and trying to modify and, and, and manage his behavior, that's going to fall on some deaf ears one day. And so we're talking as I always say, to the expert. <laughs> we, we, we have the expert here. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to talk about shepherding a child's heart and what does that mean to parent a child's heart and not just their body and their actions. You know, Chad, I, I love how this is a, a book written by Ted Tripp. It's been out for years. Right. Um, and it, it, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by the title, Shepherding. He could have t- entitled it Shepherding a Child. Right. Or Shepherding Your Kids. Right. But Shepherding... Your child's heart, shepherding a child's heart, and uh, so Ken Eidelman. Yes, y- dude, you're the expert. Yeah, well, I'm the <laughs> senior member of this trio, anyway. If that counts for anything, it does in this room. Yeah. Oh my goodness, yes. Um, uh, so welcome to the show, and we're just thrilled to have you, brother. Thank you. It's an it's an honor, blessing to be here. Well, you know, so we just want to kind kind of unpack this this whole concept. So we're going to do this five weeks in a row. We're going to continue to go through the book, but you're kind of the introduction, introductory, uh, you know, week. So um, when Ted Tripp is talking about shepherding a child's heart, um, and the Bible talks a lot about the heart. Uh, yes. Proverbs chapter four, 
uh, says, above all else, guard your heart. Right. What, what, why is the Bible addressing the heart so much? Because everything flows out of the heart. And uh, Jesus made it very clear that, that our heart is a wellspring of, of everything good or evil in our lives. So obviously we want all the highest good for our children. And so we've got to keep that focus on the heart. And, and shepherding their heart involves a lot of things. Um, it, sometimes it involves uh, posting some sentries at their heart at their heart's door, so to speak, speaking figuratively. Like, for instance, um, how do things get into the heart? Through the, the eyes and the ears. Those are the primary uh, gates for things that get into your heart. So uh, what do you let your children watch on TV? What do you let your children listen to uh, on the radio and on CDs? Are you paying attention to the negative stuff that you have to keep out of their hearts? Uh, there, there are, if you draw some lines about the kind of lyrics they listen to in music and the kind of uh, video programming they watch on television or um, on DVD, that's that's going to help protect them from the stuff that will contaminate their hearts. On the other hand, you want mm. to pour in the right stuff. And uh, so when they're little, making the Bible fun and interesting. We used to go on trips in the car. We'd have a bag of Skittles, <laughs> and uh, we'd have the kids in the back seat. And, and all the way, you know, wherever we were going, we would – Pepper them with Bible questions. If they got them right, they got one Skittle. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, parents just put the kids in the back seat and give them a sack of potato chips. Our kids had to earn their junk food, <laughs> and so um, so we would ask, you know, when they were little. Of course, very simplistic kind of questions, and and boy, you know, it's funny how one Skittle. The kids really want to know their Bible so they can get a Skittle. You know, it's and it's just a silly little way that you can make the Bible fun and interesting and real to um, to your kids. And, and, and you know, that's uh, life giving. That's enjoyable. The, some people look at the Bible and they look at um, the things of the church and the things of faith like it's boring. It's irrelevant. It's yeah, but, but you're describing something completely different. Oh, yeah. Make the Bible live for your kids when they're little. Make, you know, and, and it requires a little preparation on your part and a little creativity on your part, but you can do it. You can really make God's Word uh, come alive for them when they're little. I remember uh, some of the trips that we took, I subscribed to tapes from the Pacific Garden Mission, and those were, those were dramas of conversion accounts and uh, and they were really well done, and, and I'd get a couple a week. And uh, I'd kind of save those up, and then we'd go on a trip, and I'd plug in those cassette tapes and the tape player in the car, and the kids would listen to these, these uh, dramatizations of conversions of people at Pacific Garden Mission. And it was so funny because the kids would get in the car and say, Oh, Dad, are you going <laughs> to— play those Pacific Art Mission tapes. <laughs> and five minutes after I plugged one of those in, you, I looked in the back seat, all three of them, their chins were resting <laughs> on the back of the front seat, and I'd stop for gas, they'd say, Dad, 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 don't turn it off, don't turn it off. <laughs> so I'm telling you, 
Um, you, you say, well, the kids are bored by spiritual stuff. No, they are not. It's the most exciting, engaging stuff there is. So make it live. We, we, we get excited at a ball game. We get excited at a, at a sporting event. Um, but you're describing, if we're going to capture their hearts, yeah. then we as the parents, we have to have our hearts captured. That mm-hmm. life is, is an adventure to live for the glory of Christ. And that's not boring. That's not irrelevant. No. That's a life. I, I, I've Many times with my own kids, I've, I've said, just think if you were David. Just think if you were going to take on Goliath. I mean, he had to be shaking in his boots in one hand, and yet that's one of the most fascinating. And, you know, in the, in the, the Bible goes on, there's Daniel. There's Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the list goes on. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, the list goes on. Those are riveting yeah, stories. They are. And you can color them up and, uh, <laughs> and for your kids when you put them to bed at night, and, uh, and they go to bed with that uh, on their minds as they go to sleep. And, and that's how, you know, the, the shaping of the heart is what we're talking about. And, and that's, that's a combination of uh, keeping the bad stuff out, pouring the good stuff in. And the fact is that if you do that, uh, you, will, you will create in them an appetite from the inside out uh, for the things that matter the most. And as, and as I get older, you know, you've got to transition a little bit. And so you, uh, uh, you listen to James Dobson and uh, used to be focused on the family. And um, and our our kids uh, would would listen at night. That's the stuff they would listen to, and um, and it it, it uh, shaped them. I can remember when uh, when I asked uh, Kyle, just a little guy, I I asked him uh, what he wanted to be when he grew up, and he said um, he either wanted to be. Uh, Superman or James Dobson and you know for, for a little kid to know the name of James Dobson but those family values and biblical values that came across on the on that program that were ingrained in uh, in his head and heart shaped his thinking about things you 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 are you, you know Ken you, what I'm hearing what you describe is a good offense also really lays out a great defense yes so when you're filling them up with the truth and creativity of the gospel of christ um that really helps limit all the bad junk all of us have in our houses uh, i'll tell you what ken hold that thought i want to take about uh take a break here i don't want to cut you off because i want to unpack that a little bit more we're going to take a break here with ken talking about unpacking Uh, A child's heart, how do we invest in it? There's a spot in this book here where it says, what your child say, what your children say and do is a reflection of what is in their hearts. So (laughs) that's a convicting and also frightening, but also can be an encouraging thing. So we're going to take a break, come back and talk more with Ken Eidemann about shepherding a child's heart on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. I'm still Chad Russell. That's Kurt Souter. We're here with Ken Eidelman. 
And we are talking today about shepherding a child's heart. We, If you're just joining us, we are doing a five-week study, if you will, conversation, ongoing conversation about the book, Shepherding a Child's Heart. But we're not really studying the book nearly as much as we're talking about the overall topical aspect of uh, how do we shepherd a child's heart? And uh, speaking of shepherding, Ellen and Credit Union, they like to shepherd you through the financial pitfalls of life. Uh, if you need uh, uh, lo- loans or home equity lines or anything along that nature, Ellen and Credit Union, they have nine locations just in the Kentuckyana area. Uh, they are not just for people who are, are from the LNN, that's the old railroad, uh, but it's open to anyone. So uh, if you want to be part of a family financially, LNN Credit Union will take care of you. And then there's Vision First Eye Care. Uh, they've been taking care of my eyes for longer than than I can want to ad- admit, but uh, they are a great organization. They're all over Kentucky as well. Uh, New Albany, Salem, Seymour, Scottsburg, Indiana, Litchfield, Mumfordville, Hodgkinville, you name it, all throughout the area. If you need to get your eyes taken care of, Rod Rollo and their folks over there at Vision First will take care of your vision and help you see a whole lot better. Hmm. So, okay, so Ken, um, I love this quote that Ted Tripp says. He says, behavior is heart-driven. Therefore, correction, discipline, and training, all parenting must be addressed to the heart. In mm-hmm. last segment, we talked about kind of being on the offensive. You know, what are we pouring into our kids and keeping the negative things out? Um, having a good offense also really provides a good defense. W- would you comment on that? Yeah, uh, Sometimes we accentuate the negative and eliminate the positive, and we ought to be doing just the opposite. We ought to be accentuating the positive and eliminating the negative. And just like you have a thermostat in your home that controls the temperature of your house, makes it cooler in the summer, warmer in the winter, you as a parent control the spiritual thermostat of your home. And uh, and it's good to pay attention to what, what the temperature is, what the spiritual temperature is in your home from from day to day. And there are some really uh, concrete things you can do to, to, uh, to accentuate the positive spiritually and to uh, quicken um, the truth of God to the hearts of, of your kids. I, I think one of the things, you use the word discipline, Kurt, you, you've got to have a certain amount of structure in your home. You've got to have a certain amount of discipline. For instance, uh, every night I was at home I put the kids to bed. Now, sometimes it was with my wife. Sometimes she was doing the dishes or fi- cleaning up afterwards. But I, as a father, I saw myself saw myself as a primary uh, teacher in the, in the family, the primary Bible teacher. And so when I put the kids to bed, it was always with um, some kind of biblical orientation. Uh, sometimes it was a reading a passage from a book. Uh, with with a scriptural application. Sometimes it was reading something uh, together from the Bible. Sometimes it was reading the book uh, when the girls were older, Life on the Edge. Uh, that's a James Dobson, Dr. James Dobson book. Kind of prepares kids for the next chapter when they take responsibility for the blueprint of their lives and, and go to college. And, uh, and at nighttime, you have the best opportunity to spiritually counsel your children. Uh, they're they're quiet. Well, sometimes <laughs> um, after so much after a while they'll get quiet. And uh, having that that time when they're more reflective 
and you can probe with questions, and uh, you can connect some dots for them. You know, what's the best thing that happened to you today? What's the worst thing that happened to you today? And, and that spiritual counsel, that unhurried spiritual counsel, and that Bible teaching at night before they went to bed was a, was a non-negotiable in the home. I mean, the kids knew this is part of our routine. It's like brushing your teeth. And, uh, mm. and uh, having that time, I mean, I reflect the memories I have of conversations with the kids during those years, e- even up through their high school years. I just wouldn't take anything for it. Now, sometimes I got to shut off Monday night football. And uh, I didn't always uh, feel like uh, doing it, but it's who we are. It's what we do. And so you make choices. And, and, uh, and by doing that, really, Ken, you are, you are you're communicating by shutting the TV off and putting the kids to bed that there's a priority here. Exactly. Yeah, and if you're going to be a priest in your own household— um, you know, you're going you're gonna to talk to God about your kids, and you're going to talk to your kids about God. And you got to have a time for that. And it, it, you can do it in an unhurried way at bedtime most nights. Uh, and then in the morning, we had a 7.30 at the breakfast table time. Now, some mornings, the girl saying, I don't have time for that. I've got to get ready. My hair's t- a tangle or whatever. <laughs> Uh, it's it's who we are. It's what we do. Seven thirty down here. Now it was very short, like the one minute Bible, and and a prayer. And the kid uh, the kids would say as they got older, Dad, that set us up for the day. Um, and even though we didn't think we had time for it, and and we came to the breakfast table at seven thirty in the morning, half mad at you, we know what you were doing now, and and it made a difference. And you know. You, you hear that stuff, That's the you've cast your bread on the water, and it'll come back to you on every wave. And the mm-hmm. bread you cast on the water is that, that how, how they end the day and how they begin the day. Boom, boom. If you have the bookends of, of uh, God's Word, prayer, uh, focusing on the unseen things that matter the most, if, if you don't structure that, set that up, and make it happen— it, it isn't going to happen. Well, what you're doing is you're, you're doing Proverbs 4. You are helping them learn how to guard their heart. Exactly. Because out of all of everything else, it, 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 it's an overflow of the heart. And, and people, you know, they, they say well, it's such a normal thing for kids to rebel during their teens. I don't believe that. If you let your children know every day in a tangible, measurable, visible way that you love the Lord— and you love them, they will not have a chance to go down a primrose path or, or, or veer off the way or go off of the rails. Um, and, and, there, and I understand there are some natural seasons when, when kids are asserting their independence and they taking responsibility for their own life choices. And so there may be you know, some of that pulling away, but... Um, I'm, I'm talking about the kind of rebellion where they run away from home or they indulge in drugs or alcohol or sex um, um, prematurely um, outside of marriage. You know, the, the, you, if you don't let them have a single day where they get away from those moorings, 
They, they don't lose themselves for, for even a day. They can't lose themselves as long as they're under your canopy, you know, those 18 years or whatever. You got the opportunity to, to train them in the way they ought to go. And, and, and when and, they're old, they won't depart from it. And, and you're doing this again. I think I, I, we got to be reminded you're doing this with joy, with laughter, with um, creativity. And, and it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah, well, it is. And it's a, but it's the most rewarding work you'll ever do. And it's actually the most pleasurable work you, you ever do. There, there are immediate, really immediate rewards as well as long-term rewards. I mean, when you know you're going deep with your kids, uh, I mean, how special is it? There's a reason why John says in Third John 4, I have no greater joy than to know my children are walking in the truth. There is a joy about that, and you see it as you go along. And then when they take responsibility for their lives, that's the ultimate joy and pleasure. When you watch them mm. uh, making decisions that honor God and bless them. And uh, we, we don't want to be heavy-handed with it. it in fact, that, that's, uh, counter, that's counter to what we want to do in shaping their hearts. So, so Ken, you, uh, as you prepared to come on the show today— you asked your three kids, who are all adults. You've got how many grandkids now? Uh, Eleven grandkids. Um, Eleven grandkids, and they are now because you and your bride have been married. We've been married uh, fifty years. August the seventeenth. We were married August the seventeenth, nineteen sixty-eight, on a <laughs> hot night in Quincy, Illinois, and no air conditioning, and. Uh, and it was memorable in, in every way. <laughs> well, in those 50 years, now you've got three grown children. You've got 11 grandkids. What, how, what's the youngest grandkid? Uh, the youngest is nine. The so, oldest is 21. Wow. And so, but you asked your kids, your three kids, what did mom and I do that help because they they all three your kids and their spouses they love the lord and all your grandkids you know have been taught to walk with the lord to love the lord to serve him and to honor him and we we want to hear from from them from their perspective what you and your bride did over the years to make the christian life exciting and we're going to do that the next segment. All right, so we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back. You know, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 talks about uh, when you lie down, when you wake up, Hmm. you're supposed to impress these on your heart. But the part about that that many people miss in Deuteronomy 6 is in verse uh, 6, it says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, parents and then impress them on your children. And Ken just talked about when you lie down and when you wake up. He talked about literally bookending your day, about talking about God when you wake up, talking about God when you go to bed. And so it is on us to do that, but Howard Hendricks said you cannot give to someone something that which you do not possess. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about today, how do we get to the heart of children? Well, we got to get our own heart. So we're going to take a break, come back and hear more from Ken talking about what did his kids say, his adult children say in hindsight was some of the best things that they did as uh, parents to help point them in the direction. We're going to take a break, be back on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Satter. And uh, if you want to hear more of our show, you can always go to furtherstoneministries.org, click on the mic, 
and you can hear all of our shows in their entirety. I want to thank Frank Enterprises. If you have any septic tank issues and you live in an area where you're septic tank and you're like, I don't even know what's going on with my septic tank. Frank Enterprises, they're the ones who take care of that. <laughs> you need to have make sure somebody's taking care of your septic tank. <laughs> and then Bright Star Home Care, my goodness. Uh, the work they do is absolutely of God. They help people make life transitions, whether they need to go from independent living or if they are dependent on people. Bright Star Home Care is a great organization that helps uh, people make those types of transitions. So please look up Frank Enterprises and Bright Star Home Care. Ken, you know, we're talking about this, you know, how do we help our kids and their heart? And and I love what uh, Ted Tripp writes about uh, having a Godward orientation. And he says, everyone is essentially religious. He said, children are worshipers. We are worshipers. We either worship the living God or we worship idols. And he says, our children are never neutral. Your children filter the experiences of life through a religious grid. And, uh, and one of the things that you, uh, you and your wife did was you, know, you, you wanted to make sure that they are worshiping the one true God. And you mm-hmm. ask your kids, what did, mom, what did mom and I do that helped you with this Godward orientation? Mm-hmm. And they responded. They 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 shot you an email and and yeah. What what did they what did they share? I'm telling you, uh, your adult children can teach you. And and uh, when when you hear back from your adult children stuff that's gone beyond what you imagined that you ever put in their heads and hearts, it's just so humbling and just so so amazing and feels so good. Uh, I've always said that that maybe your children won't always do what you say, but they will almost always do what they see so they've got to see the right stuff on a daily basis our oldest uh, daughter carissa uh, all three of our kids and their mates all graduated from bible college and so they all have real content answers to that question (laughs) of uh, what did we do that made you want to love and serve jesus carissa our oldest said capitalizing on normal everyday moments uh, was good we had what we call teachable moments. And so uh, when we were together, I would try to be sensitive to teachable moments. And, and the kids would hear that expression, teachable moment. Here's a teachable moment, kids. They would roll their eyes. But they, re- <laughs> <laughs> but they remember stuff. Like, uh, you know, I, we'd see somebody run through a, a, a red light, and then half a mile down the road, they've been pulled over, and they're getting a ticket. And I said, you know, that's a teachable moment for kids. Uh, and just capitalizing on, on those, uh, those moments when you're walking in the way and uh, when they rise up in the morning, go to bed at night, walking in the way, uh, being sensitive to teachable moments. Sometimes you'll hear something on television. Hit the pause button if you've got that on your DVR or whatever it is and, and say, did you, did you guys hear that? Did you pick that up? Did you... Do you understand, you know, uh, what what's being communicated here? And and those are those are impressive uh, on on them. So seizing those teachable moments. uh, One of the things that that uh, that our younger daughter, Camille, uh, talked about was uh, uh, commitment to church. And uh, and I have observed this through the years that the families that are all in in church, their kids, the fruit of that 
is evident in the lives of the kids. Now, the, the highest spiritual mortality rate for kids is when they're raised in nominally Christian homes where mom and dad punch in, punch out. Uh, they don't practice at home uh, what, what is the kids' experience on Sunday, they don't, so they don't see the connection between church and real life. Mm. And uh, so... So there's, a, there's a, just a huge disconnect. Yes. I mean, like Sunday, okay, my Christian life is, is kind of on Sunday morning, and then the rest of my life is the rest of my life. Right. They, they see mom and dad's hearts really not in this. They're just going through the motions. It's a form of godliness without the, the real content. And uh, if they see that, then they're going to go to college and, and they're going to kick over the traces. And typically, you know, they're, they're But when they see it's, it's real with, with mom and dad, that church life is, is life-giving to them, it will, it will connect. Uh, with their hearts and so uh, that that church plug uh, that church uh, connection rather and involvement plugging in at to the local church in an all-in way is is going to shape their their hearts Uh, that was from the younger daughter and then Kyle said uh, in his own inimitable way he said I think the rabbinical approach to discipleship is the strength, meaning it wasn't so much the attempts at devotions as it was just sharing life together, taking advantage of, there it is, teachable moments. I think that many Christian parents think of discipling their kids as raising boys and girls who are well-behaved and impress others. If this, this is the objective, that's not real discipleship training, that's Pharisee training. Uh, and, uh, you know, that just... Uh, impressed me with the fact that we we don't want to just form their outward behavior we we want to shape their hearts and um, and and jesus said as a as a as we are in our hearts uh that's who that's who we are the the heart reflects the uh, the character ken when 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 kyle writes that to you and you know i, I as i being a pastor myself for 25 plus years, and you have been, you know, in Christian ministry for over 45 years. Um, so many times, I know you've seen this, we address the behavior yeah. of our kids, and you're saying, no, we, we, we must address the behavior to a degree, but you're saying we gotta go after the heart. Compliment their character, not their achievements. Uh, sometimes we compliment the uh, the recital, the the solo, the the thirty point basketball game. The, you know, we we compliment the achievement things rather than complimenting their character, complimenting their attitude. And uh, if you let them know that that's what matters to you the most, that that shapes their heart because uh, they see they see from you they hear from you that your heart is what what really matters that's what you're looking for is what's going on inside them not what they're able to pull off that really makes them look good out in the marketplace you, you know i mean really what you're saying is when we as parents when we go after the character we we applaud um the, their character we are cheering on their character their integrity mm-hmm and their, their spiritual life, that's far more important 
than the 30 points, than yeah. the two touchdowns, the, than, than the, the whatever. Here's a story about it. We were sitting up in the stands. Uh, Kyle's playing basketball uh, in a game, and a uh, very tight game, coming down to the wire. Boys uh, gets the ball. The opposing team goes down to shoot a layup. Uh, he winds up blocking the shot, and the kid lands flat on the floor and uh, misses the shot. He's angry. He's frustrated. He didn't get the foul call. And uh, he's down on the, on the floor. Kyle sticks out his hand to help the kid get up. The kid slaps his hand away. And you could hear the, you hear the, the fans and they say, ooh. <laughs> what does he do? He extends his hand a second time. And I told him we got home that night. I said, it wasn't the 27 points. For me, that was the moment when you visibly turned the other cheek, when you practiced what Jesus would have done. You know, you were, you could have been embarrassed, you could have shrugged and, and uh, done some kind of face-saving thing, but you extended your hand a second time after it was knocked away once. I said, in the crowd, they saw that and they said, the Christian school is different. The, the quality, uh, the character development, the heart is far superior than the 27 points in the block shot. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Ken, talk with us about, in the break, you mentioned the importance of helping our kids um, dealing with finances, with money. Yeah. And you, you tied in the heart, and you uh, t- share that with our listeners. Yeah, because uh, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's not where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. It's where your treasure is, your heart will be also. You want to shape your, your kids' hearts, you need to teach them about money management. We always gave our kids an, an, an allowance that was divisible by three, and they had three jars in their rooms. One was marked saving. One was marked spending, one was marked giving. And, uh, and so they get their allowance, they divide it by three, a third, a third, a third. And uh, the, our kids learn to have a heart, I think, for the Lord and his purpose mm. because they routinely were putting their money in that. And where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, you know, to our listeners, where do you want your heart to be? Okay, decide that. And when you're rational and thinking straight, and then put your money there. Mm, that's good stuff, brother. So we're going to take a break, come back, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, how does personalities re- play into this? Because every child is different. Imagine that. And uh, so we're going to talk about how do you how do you shape a child's heart when they are wired different than the kid down the hall <laughs> that they're sharing a house with. So we're going to take a break with Ken Eidemann, and we'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment of Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Souter, we are here with Ken Eidelman. Ken was a professor at Ozark Christian College for decades. He was a pastor in Evansville, Indiana, and now he is working as a consultant for the Solomon Foundation. And we are really very uh, thrilled to have him here today talking about shepherding a child's heart. 
Uh, we are going to be doing that for the next five weeks, not with Ken for five weeks, but for five weeks now, we're going to be talking about Shepherding a Child's Heart, the book by Ted Tripp. So if you want to go out and grab that book, we're going to be uh, unpacking that over the next four weeks about what does that mean to when we're raising children, how do we not just go on their outside parenting what they do outwardly, but how do we reach the inside, which is the most important I always tell my kids, what's the most important part of your body? And they always enthusiastically say, our hearts. So, <laughs> so there we go. Oh, my goodness. Well, Ken, um, I, love, I, I, I love this topic because I think we as parents can get so kind of sidetracked about behavior and behavior modification, and we're, we're, we're missing the point there. Because when we address the heart and the, what's going on in the heart, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, the life lives, and that's what we're really after. Mm. You mentioned um, we have to know the scriptures we ha- and, and apply the scriptures, but we also need to really know our kids right. and their personality. Right. Talk about that because how we parent really and, and how we play, how we understand the personality and how we parent is, is a big deal. Yeah, I think... Uh, to the that we the scripture says train a child up in the way he or she should go so you know there's the there's the training there's the heart shaping but then there's the way he or she should go and there's some uniquenesses about our children and i think uh, some of the most valuable information that a parent can get hold of is number one the personality type of your children there are four basic personality types and i'm telling you there is something to this Uh, And chances are, if you have more than one child, you're going to have children who are wired differently in terms of their personality, and you've got to parent differently. If you're going to, um, if you're going to coach a team, you learn what motivates each individual player, and uh, and you learn how to correct and teach the game to each one of those different players. And they don't all process information the same. Some kids you may have to really be stern, strong with. Other kids you may motivate with compliments. And so just as the players on a team are different in terms of how they are motivated and thus how they will perform, likewise, your children are are unique in their personality types. They're also unique in their love languages. And the five love languages are, of course, words, touch, gifts, time, and deeds of service. And uh, I learned the, the love language of my, my kids and it's some of the most valuable information that, that I got. Mm. Um, our older daughter was very motivated uh, by time and spending time with her was critical. Younger daughter, she was very, uh, she got the message that she's loved and valued by gifts. Not expensive gifts, but just little remembrances. And that's the way she she would also express her love. Uh, our son motivated more like me. He got messages from words. And so affirming words, deeds, uh, th- these love languages are unique to our children. We need to learn their personalities, their love languages, and then it's helpful to learn their spiritual pathway. In other words, how they best uh, relate to God and how they are most inspired, some by nature, some by devotional exercise, some by service. Uh, And so you get a hold of these three pieces of information about each one of your kids, and it will equip you like, uh, like nothing else to shape their hearts. And it's, 
It's biblical truth that's wed with an understanding of how to get that into them in ways that will make a difference that's really critical. So, so uh, what I'm hearing you say is you and your wife, you, when you would talk about your kids and you're talking about, uh, you know, Kyle or the girls and, and you're, you're describing their, their uniqueness, their giftedness, their, their personality, their love language, and their, their spiritual pathway, that really shaped how you prayed for them. Yeah, absolutely. How you approached them, how you dialogued with them, and how you trained them. Yes, Carissa, our older daughter, very, very sensitive and very relational. We always joke that if she ever went into the DMV to get her driver's license renewed, in 20 minutes, she would know the life story of every person who was sitting around the <laughs> perimeter of DMV. Uh, our daughter Camille, like her daddy, very uh, much of an adventuresome risk taker, um, and uh, ha- had that uh, that spirit, that uh, of that outgoing, initiatory kind of way with with people. And Kyle was more analytical, intellectual. Um, more uh, curious, and that uh, that made him uh, more of an academic in terms of uh, how he processed information. And so, you know, three very different uh, kids in in these areas. But we have had such fun with those differences through the years. You know, you can you can. Someone said uh, before you get married opposites attract and then after you're married opposites attack (laughs) well in the in the family uh opposites can really attract you can really enjoy your your differences but you have to understand those uh pieces of information um to be able to really really connect with their hearts what did one I'm, I'm assuming that one of the things that you did was you would give the kids uh the love languages maybe a little uh, the little test um and uh, so that and then you, would you guys talk about this as, oh, yeah. a, as a family yes like oh yeah okay how you know you you love the gift of words you know and uh affirmation and your know, words of affirmation and uh it's not rocket science. You know, every parent can get control of this information about their kids. Mm. And just a little bit of detective work and a, just a little rational thinking, and you, you've got your kids figured out. If you know their personality type, their love language, and their spiritual pathway, are you kidding me? You've got the dossier that you need to shape the heart of your kid. That's good stuff. Um, love Languages is by Gary Chapman. You can uh, just go online and look at uh, the five love languages. That's good for marriage and with the, your kids. Um, the, the personality profile, you're talking about choleric, sanguine, uh, phlegmatic, and melancholy. And uh, you can look online on those. There's tests all on that you can do with your kids, with your family online. And Spiritual Pathways, uh, a book uh, by Gary Thomas kind of just unpacks uh, the different pathways to God. And uh, anything else that you want to add to that, Ken? You know, what the, uh, on the personality types, you, you can Google the four personality types and stuff will come up. Translate that into the stuff that they can get hold of, the, the terminology that they use for the four personality types that you just rehearsed. Um, you know, it doesn't ring with the, wasn't, doesn't connect with a 10-year-old. So maybe you could attach it to colors. Like um, 
you know, red, blue, green, um, uh, gold. What for for different? You know, there's some weight or or, or lion, an, or otter, be, yeah. Yes, yes. Go ahead and give the the animals. The choleric that is dominant. That's the lion. Go. Um, the sanguine would be the otter. Mm-hmm. The uh, the melancholy would be he's busy as a beaver, mm-hmm. and the uh, phlegmatic, uh, the loyalty would be the golden retriever. All right. And so Got you it. could use the, you can use the animals yes. with with the the younger generation. Yes. So yeah, we we've done that with our kids and said, well, you're you're kind of like the otter because you're just always wanting to party and wanting to the, the life of the party. <laughs> well, Ken. This is rich stuff. Thank you so much for coming. Um, our hour has uh, just flew by. But would you pray for us guys? Yes. That we would be the priests, the pastors of our family, and that we would really go after the hearts of our kids. Would you pray for mm-hmm. us, please? Father God, I thank you for the honor of being able to shape the hearts of the nearest and dearest on earth to us, our own children. And Lord, help us to make it our highest priority because in our reflective moments in the latter years of our lives, the things that we will think about most and be thankful for most are the ways in, in which we have unselfishly devoted ourselves to shaping the hearts of our children. Father, I pray that every uh, one of the men who uh, is privileged to be a dad who's listening today will recognize his role to be a priest in his own household, to talk to his children about you and, and to talk to you in prayer about his children. And Father, we just pray that um, the healthiest, happiest homes uh, and families that, that are seen in this world, in this nation, are the Christian homes, the Christian families. That's as it ought to be. And Lord, we pray we would rise to that level of challenge and achievement. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Ken. It's great to have you. Thank you. Well, we appreciate Ken coming in. The only way this could have been a little bit better is if Kayleen would have been here with him. True. I think, right? <laughs> True. Kayleen is his wife, which I don't think she got a name mentioned, and uh, no. the, that she and that uh, we wanted to get them both in, but maybe next time. So, boy, I'll tell you what, there's a lot to take in here. And if you're, le- you're like me and you're raising kids, guys, uh, you know, when you want your kids to behave at a restaurant, sometimes they just need to behave, right? Like, <laughs> behave. I don't even care right now if you know why, behave. But that is not sufficient for the long term. We, we got to get their hearts. Yes. And yeah. so we tell our kids to behave. Why? Because we want to get their hearts and because God is more concerned about their inside than their out. I tell my kids all the time, God's an inside out God. He's more concerned about your insides than he is your outsides. It's not either or, it's both and, but priority wise, right? Hmm. So like Deuteronomy, it says, you got to have these things in your heart in order to impress them on your children's hearts. Right. So guys, we hope you're encouraged and maybe even convicted to your chair wherever you are that, boy, I need to be in my heart surrendered to God so Mm -hmm. I can teach my children's hearts. That's what we want to be here for. We want to encourage you and thank you for listening. Uh, Pass this along to someone else. Uh, We're going to be doing this for the next five weeks, talking about shepherding a child's heart. So catch us up on our podcast on Mondays on our Facebook page, and you can hear these commercial-free thanks to our sponsors. Uh, Dan Hart Financial, by the way, is one of our sponsors as well. And if your finances are not where they need to be in your 401k in your retirement, you're not sure about it, ask Dan Hart. He'll help you out. Hey, thank you for listening. 
And we appreciate you so much on Solid Steps Radio.